HRN listeners. As we celebrate our 15th year, we are deepening our commitment to giving voice to the next generation of food system storytellers, and we need your help. Our internship and fellowship programs help activate new possibilities for underrepresented and underestimated young people through experiential journalism, audio engineering, and production training. Through these unique programs, HRN helps food equity stewards build essential workforce readiness skills that expand their potential and foster economic mobility. Please consider supporting these critical programs. And with a minimum donation, you can be entered to win a dinner for two at an amazing restaurant in one of eight cities and tickets to a concert at a great venue in one of those cities. We have incredible partners across the country who have donated as they also share our passion for helping to educate the next generation of food system storytellers. Check out heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. That's heritageradionetwork.org 15 to donate and enter to win today. And make sure you donate before March 31st. Thank you. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo, growing the best and most interesting heirloom beans available. Learn more at ranchogordo.com. Welcome to Cooking in Mexican from A to Z. I'm Aaron Sanchez. And I'm Sarela Martinez. And we have the unbelievable pleasure of inviting an unbelievable chef, uh, chef co-founder of Dow Donuts, like New Yorkina, uh, just a wonderful, wonderful person doing representing our, our culture and our people with such honor and pride. Uh, Fanny Gerson is here, so we're really excited to welcome you. Thank you. Thank, Thank you, you for, for having me. So I just wanted to uh, wax poetic a little bit about your career because <laughs> uh, we're celebrating not only uh, women entrepreneurs in the culinary world, but also Mexican women strong and proud. And for me, I think it's in my mom. Absolutely. It's important that our listeners hear a little bit about your unbelievable story and, and, and your journey. I mean, you have a formal food education, which consisted of two years in Mexico City and, of course, two years at the Culinary Institute in Hyde Park. Then, of course, you did some intern, some interning in Spain. Then you came back here, worked at 11 Madison Park, not too shabby of a place. <laughs> then you started at New Yorkina, uh, which is this wonderful company that you started by selling Mexican-style artisanal ice cream popsicles, right? Yeah, carts. paletas. Yep. Paletas in 2010. And then that closely was followed by Doe and the Flatiron District, which everybody knows about Doe. And you are the face and you are the the creative energy behind it. You're the person that had launched that brand and made it what it is, uh, where you took basically exquisite donuts uh, and then you mixed that and melded that with traditional European and Mexican flavors. And that opened in the winter of 2010. So you're celebrating 10, 10 years uh, of doing this small batch uh, bakery, artisanal bakery goods. Um, and I just think that right there is so, so awesome. And um Thank you. <laughs> and you're, just, you're, you're just introducing like the ice cream kind of uh, popsicles, yes. aren't you? Like the cream, the creamy popsicle, not yeah. just the ice, because like New Yorkina is known for like popsicles, but ice. Like yeah. paletas. Like paletas. Exactly. So we started out making paletas, and then since then we've expanded. We have a shop in the West Village, and we do ice cream. We sell to restaurants. Um, and then we do churros and uh, tres leches and all kinds of confections and things like that that, you know, kind of are a bit forced by the seasonality that we have in New York. But also I get to do all these other things that 
I love, especially in certain holidays like Dia de Muertos. I look forward to every year. I can make, you know, the the traditional bread for Pan de Muertos any time of year if I wanted to, but I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I, I save it for those uh, special occasions. So uh, it's very exciting to have a place that celebrates the sweetness of Mexico. Yeah, and the, the thing is that people probably don't know that you can get your popsicles on the High Line. Yes. You know, you know the, she's got little carts like they do in Mexico, mm -hmm. and you go up and you can get the popsicles. You know, in the summer, it's just wonderful to be able to have that nice, cool pop popsicle. And, and I think what you're doing is very much in line with what, we, what we, we're, gonna, we're getting accomplished here on this podcast in Cooking in Mexico from A to Z, is where we're celebrating ingredients that... Uh, I, that, that represent our cuisine, Mexican cuisine. And on this podcast, we're going to demystify, we're going to celebrate, we're going to give techniques and how to use all these wonderful ingredients and then, um, and then back that up with wonderful stories that are personal to us and, of course, to you, Fanny, and to our, our special guests. Uh, and today we're going to focus on, uh, on vanilla, on vanilla, which is going to be something that I think is going to create fireworks in this studio because my <laughs> mom is super passionate about it. And yeah. I know, Miss Fanny, you are. Um, and I'm, I'm looking forward to a little education here because uh, <laughs> I'm very used to listening to powerful Mexican women. It's part of my upbringing. So this is going to be... You're so no lucky. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> this is no exception. You know, and, you know, and I think it's, it's wonderful that I'm here because I can identify with your story. You're, you know, you're a writer. You're a cookbook author, just like my mom. You've been featured in many different publications from Edible Manhattan to the New York Times, Fine Cooking and Gourmet. And I just, you know, your book, my sweet Mexico. I mean, it's just an honor to have you here. And, and she, don't you have a new book on popsicles as well? Paletas? I have uh, three books. So three the books. first it's one was My Sweet Mexico, then Paletas, and mm. then Mexican Ice Cream. Yeah. And actually, I, I was just thinking about this now when we were uh, in relation to the subject. Uh, I don't have a, a copy with me, but in the introduction of the ice cream uh, book, I say something like, you know, that vanilla and cacao, you know, are indigenous mm -hmm. of, of uh, you know, our land. Yeah, of course. <laughs> and uh, I forget, you know, it's not that language exactly. But I remember my friend read it and a friend of mine and said, that's so strong, you know, yeah. such a strong statement. And I was like, yeah. And it's not necessarily when people think of vanilla, they don't necessarily think of Mexican food or they don't necessarily of think of a Mexican ingredient per se. But it is so, and you know, doing ice cream, it's mm. uh, it's the number one selling ice cream uh, flavor in, in the, the world. world. In the world. In Absolutely. the world. And it originated in Mexico, in the state of Veracruz. Exactly. You know, which is you know the subject of one of my books, Arelas Veracruz. And when I discovered that the whole tradition and everything was, I was, I was overwhelmed with emotion. Let's say, because mo very few people know that vanilla comes from Mexico. Mm -hmm. Yes. And, and it's not just that it comes from Mexico, but that the, the method of fermentation and the way of, of using vanilla to, it, it takes about 10 years from a, from a little plant to grow to become a vanilla bean. Mm -hmm. And what, what happens is that the plants, it's a climbing orchid. Mm -hmm. and, and people, it has to be, it has to be pollinated. Mm -hmm. So that was the whole thing with, with vanilla. Because when the French came to Mexico, they thought, oh my God, we're going to take this ingredient and, and blow these people out of, <laughs> out of the world. 
But they, it took 200 years for them to be able to do that mm -hmm. because they didn't realize that there was a tiny insect that pollinated the plant. Mm -hmm. So once it's pollinated and the beans grow, which are they're called vinas, mm -hmm. and uh, it, it takes, they leave it on the plant for nine months. And then it's taken out and sun-dried for another three or four months. Mm -hmm. So what they do is they lay it out. We went, mm -hmm. we went in Veracruz. They lay it out on this um, cement, hot cement mm -hmm. floor, let the, the sun shine on it. Then they, they wrap it in blankets and let it sweat out. And then the next day they take it out again. So it's very, very high labor intensive plant. Mm -hmm. And then once it's fermented, it becomes this glossy black brownish color, beautiful. Mm -hmm. And there's little crystals of, of the vanilla and the flavor on the outside. And then they're sorted according to the quality. And all the, the little pieces that fall or the broken pods are used to make vanilla e extract. And that, those little pieces are also bought by Coca-Cola. So Coca-Cola is the biggest consumer of vanilla probably in the world. Yeah. So just so we're clear, so it's a climbing tropical orchid. So we want to be technical for all you, uh, all you botanists out there. And, <laughs> and there are two different kinds: so the, the Tahitian and the Mexican, which is called Planiflora. Flora. Okay. So I think it's safe to say that the Mexican vanilla vanilla is the most popular in the world. Because now we have, now I think it's important, we, we kind of talked about how vanilla, what, what, what species it is, how it takes the process to get it to so it's dried, how you steep it in alcohol to make vanilla extract, right? Now, why is there Madagascar vanilla and why is there Tahitian vanilla? Now, how does that come about? Is that, did they take Mexican vanilla and plant them there or... Is there, are there a migration of ingredients? How does that work? Well, they, they, they actually took them there from mm -hmm. Madagascar and Tahiti, which is mm -hmm. in Tahiti. Mm -hmm. So what happened was that for 200 years, they were trying to figure out how to get it to grow in those places, mm -hmm. but they didn't know how to pollinate it. Mm -hmm. so, so once this, I think it was a Belgian or somebody like that who discovered mm -hmm. that there was this insect in there and how to hand pollinate them. So let's say in Veracruz, for instance, the school year is changed around so that the kids can pollinate the orchids because they're only open for three hours every, you know, once in their life. Wow. So they change the school year. The kids, go, uh, the kids go to pollinate in the morning and then go to school in the afternoon. It's you know? incredible. And as they get older, they, they start pollinating in other ways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so no. talk, to, talk to us about, a little bit about your relationship and, uh, with vanilla, Fanny, and have you been to Veracruz? How do you use it, et cetera? Yeah, so when I uh, did research for my first cookbook for My Sweet Mexico, I spent uh, almost a year doing traveling around, and vanilla was, of course, a very important stop. But it was actually difficult to find um, places in general in Mexico that would open up. You know, there's a lot of sort of... Uh, you know, we say like people are very jealous, you know, yeah, but I think it's more like protective mm -hmm. of their, like, what, what do you think you're going to do? And actually, even though it was originated in Mexico, the supply is very small. Mm -hmm. uh, but I ended up going to this uh, this 
place where they, they Victor. harvest and um, Victor Vallejo or Heriberto. Uh, Heriberto. Yeah. And it was amazing. I you know, something that I grew up with thinking of, you know, you just get in a bottle and then eventually well you see the the vanilla beans, mm. but then to see from beginning to end, it was it was it was amazing. And then they had this bag and just like Sarella was saying, they they categorize them, mm-hmm. right? So but there's this bag and she's like, these are the ones we can't really sell for a lot because they had like a lot of sort of white spots yeah. that were crystallized. But she said, but actually this is they make some of the the best uh, you get some of the best flavor because it's just the natural sugars crystallizing, mm-hmm. but it's something that you know it's not visually very appealing. So you know, any if you get sort of a pure one and then you get one with these sort of crystals, I'm gonna go for the one with the crystals. Gotcha. Uh, and then so obviously I use and at La Niorquina we do a Mexican ice cream. Uh, vanilla. We use Mexican vanilla exclusively, but there was a shortage in the last few years, and that was. I'm like, what do we do? We can't, you know. It, and there's amazing vanilla from different parts of the of the world, um, but it's just important to. How dare you, Fanny? Even <laughs> entertain the idea. Exactly. So it's like, what do we do? And so we learned sort of how to stretch it. And then the problem is also that. It's a small supply, but then there were also issues, you know, with the climate, but yeah. also with the, you know, drug political oh, yeah, situation in Mexico as well. So, and also the big companies are the ones that can afford mm. to pay more money, right? Mm. So there's a couple of bigger companies that have a monopoly on it and they're not going to want to, you know, it's like, and it's so expensive. So all of these, it's, it's so, you know, I'm like, I just want to use this ingredient, but it's, it's not as simple as that. I think you should recruit Uh, vanilla mules (laughs) and we'll, uh, they'll cross it across the border. And, uh, what do you got in your bag? Uh, Yeah, exactly. You know, something like that. But, but I will say (laughs) two, two more things that I want to, I want to add. So one of them is that, when this shortage started happening for all of these reasons, we started sort of figuring out how to stretch mm-hmm. the vanilla as much as possible. Mm-hmm. You know, like we use the vanilla bean, then we rinse it, we dry it, then we use it for certain applications, then we grind it, we make a, a vanilla sugar. So for different things mm-hmm. we do, we, we use, we stretch the vanilla as much as we can. And then we did have to eliminate it from some of the the items just because we didn't have enough uh, and it was missing. It was always like, What's, what is it? You know, it needs a little more. But the other thing that I want to mention in Veracruz, you, when you go there, you also see these amazing and intricate figures yeah. that they make with the vanilla bean. Like, have you seen those? They yeah. make uh, flowers and oh, yeah, ships yeah. and all of these things. And the first time I saw that, I'm like almost sacrilegious. Like, you're, you're wasting the vanilla for, for this, but yeah, it's yeah. not waste. It's, yeah. you know, it's there. Yeah, yeah. You course, know, it's just as valid. But, but, uh, but for me, I'm like, you're using this ingredient mm. to make this. But it's, uh, the, 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 and the craftsmanship is amazing. Yeah. yeah, well, you know, we have to talk about Victor Vallejo. Who well, well, Mom, let's talk about the region. So you mentioned Veracruz. But they're the the region that everyone should know is of course Pampantla. So can you speak about one that little area and why it's known for for vainilla? It's called Totonacapan uh-huh. because that's where the place where the Totonacs uh, mm-hmm. were you know born. Mm-hmm. It's near to one of the most wonderful 
archaeological sites called El Tajin. Mm -hmm. and, and the wonderful thing about El Tajin is that it's not like morbid. In fact, the, the main uh, I, let's say, images are of people smiling. Mm -hmm. So if you, if you have you know, vanilla, you can understand why why uh, people are smiling because it's, it's a, they're, those are, they are the people who work the plants. Mm -hmm. But getting back to Victor Vallejo, he, he totally revolutionized vanilla growing in Mexico. He's from California. He, came, he moved there. Now his daughter Alma is very involved in the, in the process. What he found was that they were letting too many vinas grow on the plant, weakening the flavor. Mm. So what he started doing is removing some of the, the, the beans mm -hmm. before they matured to let them grow, you know, to its... Accentuate their flavor. Yeah, and so he totally revolutionized it. So my, when Mexican vanilla got a bad rap while, before he got there. Mm -hmm. And it's taken a long time because the, the Mexican vanilla extract, they added cumarin, which is a very pleasant tasting thing that's used for heart disease as a blood thinner. Mm. Oh. <laughs> yeah. But people love that because it has kind of a buttery, wonderful taste. So when you see vanilla um, extract mix, yeah. that, that, that's a caution to say it has coumarin. Yeah. So there are very, very wonderful Mexican extracts now, pure, mm. available. I, I just looked at Amazon. There were like 10 mm. different kinds. Wonderful. So we're talking about the maturity so you dry the beans, right? You go, you know, it's they, they only are available to be pollinated for a very brief moment. We get the kids out of school. They're pollinating. We dry them three to four months, right? The, sun, the hot sun. The hot sun. They're ready to rock and roll. Once you get them, and let's just say you get a whole dried bean, how should the, our listeners and home cooks hold on to them? You mentioned, Chef, about all the different ways you preserve it. Someone gets a couple of these at home. They're precious. What do you do? There's sort of like the two schools there, mm -hmm. uh, whether you refrigerate them, mm -hmm. you know, the way that you would, you know, kind of like a nut because mm -hmm. it has natural oils and you don't want it to go rancid. And mm -hmm. then there's other people that say you should just keep them in an air dry uh, container or jar or whatever in a dry place. Or I, sugar. Or you put know, them in sugar as well. Yeah, or put them in, in sugar. But it depends how, how you're going to use it. We, we normally, if it's, if it's not a warm environment and you can keep you know, kind of a cool dry, we keep it gotcha. outside and very, and very tight. Mm. But the other thing I was going to say is like even when I went to culinary school and, uh, you know, through a lot of experience, I was always taught that, you know, the, 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 when you scrape the bean that the, the little dots are what gives flavor. But actually, a few years ago, I took this sort of professional ice cream course uh, upstate, and, uh, and we had a whole, you know, sort of two-hour um, sort of talk about vanilla, and it was not the case. And in fact, if you go to like, you know, you look at big companies, and you look at uh, sort of vanilla bean ice cream. You know, it's something that you look at the dots and it makes you feel, oh, this is made with real vanilla. Mm -hmm. This is this means like it's more expensive or it's it's better flavor. Uh, and actually, the the best flavor is sort of attached right like the membrane in, in the, of, the, of, the, of the yeah. So bean. it's um so now you can buy a lot of companies buy powdered 
you know, so you can see the dots and you add it to your Mix. base and it looks like it's expensive and you could use like a cheap vanilla Expert. extract and put that, but you know, kind of fool the wow, the customer. And I was, you know, that to me was, I'm like, because I spent so many, t you know, I'm like, yes, this is, this is what you're taught. Um, and I still love, like, I'm still a sucker for seeing the, the vanilla, like the, the dots, hoping that they're using the actual entire bean. Uh, so once you <laughs> scrape it, let's say you get, the, you know, you're taught, we were taught, Scrape the beans. Because you, also, I'm sorry to interrupt. No, no, it's okay. When, when they're green, they have thousands of, of seeds in there. Mm -hmm. So by the time they're sweated and fermented and all, all that, the little seeds become like a paste. Yeah, that's, yeah exactly. Yeah. So then because you, they concentrate. You, so you open it and scrape it out, and, and, and that's what you use to cook. You know, one of the most fascinating things about Veracruz is that they use it in savory dishes. I know. You have an amazing dish. Yeah, pollo con chile seco. Mm. And it's a, it's just very simple to make. I made it for Amy the other day, and it was uh, our producer. And, mm. uh, and, she, and she loved it because it's so unexpected. And they use the regional products, which are oranges there. You know, if, when you go to Papanta, there are, like, orange groves all over the place and lime and all these wonderful things, and they mix it with uh, with this chili, this little chili that the comapa or, mm. or serrano seco. Very few people know that there's some dried serranos. Mm. And you make it, and it's like uh, it's an absolute easy, fabulous, very expensive dish. Okay. <laughs> yeah, so I think that's very important for our listeners to know that you can use vanilla and savory applications. Yeah. You know, and this... You know, this this recipe, I've had it many times. Mom, it's one of my favorites, by the way, that you make. You make everything's delicious, but that one in particular, because it surprises you. You know, you're talking about citrus and chicken, yes, and chili, that's obvious. But then you sort of, you, you pepper that with some of that beautiful, fragrant Mexican vanilla, and it takes you to another place. It takes something very mundane and boring like chicken and makes it special, right? I think what, something that's important to, and I would love you to answer this, Chef Fanny, once you scrape the bean, whatever you want to do with it, put it in an ice cream base, uh, whether use it in that savory, what do you do with the actual pot? Because that still has so much flavor. After you scrape it, do you put that in sugar? Can you steep that in something else to sort of continue that love if you go through all this trouble of getting Mexican vanilla? Yeah, I mean, for me, I use, I, if I'm going to scrape it, I use the bean the the I use both mm -hmm. sort of you scrape it and actually sometimes I don't even scrape it anymore, mm -hmm. like you just split it open and then let sort of uh, everything sort of come out. And what I used to do before a lot uh, was to do like when especially when it comes to like dessert making or you know whether you're making a flan or uh, ice cream or something like that, uh, you steep it. And you bring it to a boil or a simmer or whatever. But now, actually, I, I've been experimenting a lot in the last year of doing cold infusions. Oh. So you let it uh, sort of overnight. It's a very subtle mm -hmm. but different uh, taste because mm -hmm. it's just sort of, you know, it's it's a very soft and natural But you just infuse way. it in and what? And you just infuse it in, in the dairy. In the dairy. In the Got dairy. Gotcha. Yeah. And then, or... Sometimes we've done it. If you do use it for, uh, you can make a really nice sort of vanilla syrup, mm, you know. So you can delicious. do like, and that's great for drinks yep. or just to put on top of, uh, you know, fruit or something like that. You mm -hmm. know, you make like sugar 
equal parts sugar, water. But after you're done with whatever that application, you can't do that, you know, sort of uh, like if you can do this at home, not necessarily yeah. professionally. But once you're done with that, I rinse them and then I let them dry, the, the beans. And then you then you can put them in uh, in sugar, and eventually grind them, or you grind them. But the other thing you can do is actually with the bean. Uh, I had a chef that did this that I never thought of it before, but it's kind of genius. That they um, you put it directly in flame, mm, you know, so you toasted. get kind of like a charred vanilla mm. flavor, and that's great for sauces, even if for something savory. Yeah, it would be amazing. You know, you get kind of like a smoky. Oh my God, that's yeah. fantastic! Well, so. I think I think Pierre Gagné in in France uses vanilla with with, with duck and different and different, doesn't he? Yeah, yeah. I love his cooking. So I think vanilla is used in savory dishes in in France yeah. a lot. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, you know, I was just with uh, Chef Jacques Torres, and I love reminding him that the best chocolate and vanilla comes from Mexico. Yes, <laughs> it, it, it really eats eats at him. Actually, it doesn't eat at him. Actually, Jacques gets chocolate from the Yucatan, actually. His oh, cacao really? comes from there. So he's actually a huge propon- uh, proponent from... Go Jacques. Go Jacques. <laughs> so he loves Mexican chocolate and vanilla. This episode is brought to you by Rancho Gordo. Over the past 19 years, Rancho Gordo has led the revival of heirloom beans, taking the lowly bean from a healthy but neglected member of the vegetable family to a near superstar status ingredient. From growing the best and most interesting beans available to making sure all crops are fresh and a pleasure to cook with, Rancho Gordo's mission is to encourage cooks to experience and enjoy the unique flavors of heirloom beans. Rancho Gordo produces nearly 30 varieties of heirloom beans and lentils, as well as corn, grains, chilies, and other cooking ingredients. You can learn more at ranchogordo.com. That's R-A-N-C-H-O-G-O-R-D-O.com. Now that we touch a little bit about the vanilla, how do you extract it? How do you work with it, right? Now you have it. You've mentioned, Chef, you can do it in a creme anglaise, obviously, or your base for your, your ice cream. You can infuse it uh, into syrups, great for savory applications, and cocktails, right? Um, is there anything else that comes to mind that vanilla is special? Let's try to describe the flavor of vanilla to somebody because I think it, it's one of those flavors that's very distinct and very, very unique, how, no, would you, how, how would you describe it, Fanny? I don't. Mexican. I don't know. I mean, it's definitely it. I think it's medicinal think in the best of ways. Yes, it's like you know, medicinal. it has like I. I do think that the Mexican vanilla, in particular, is a fruitier than yeah. than you know, sort of the Madagascar or Tahitian. and or Tahitian, and they are those are amazing uh, vanillas. Mm. They're just different. Uh, they're more plump. They're more you know mm. like. Mexican vanilla is not as um, as meaty as they are, but it does have a very distinctive fruitiness to it. Mm-hmm. And I know, like, sweet is not a flavor, but it's, I mean, you know. It's how to like describe it's, it. I understand. But, uh, yeah, and I think you're right. Like, a kind of medicinal, but in a good way. It's like funny. Like, <laughs> like you think about the old school. You think of something like Coca-Cola, right? And you think of, like, sarsaparilla back in the day. 
and, and root beers and things of that nature. You know, you got to believe that, you know, yes, cassia bark, cinnamon, all these extracts, you know, things like that. But you got to believe vanilla was somehow in there some way. You know what I mean? Like yeah. I, I think Coca-Cola and I think, I think vanilla is a flavor profile. Yeah, you know absolutely. what I mean. One hundred percent. They're the biggest consumer of vanilla. Yeah, I think in the world. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's good because they they can use the the sechos. How do you call it? Yeah, like the, the scraps. The scraps. the scraps, and they use it for that. Well, I don't know. I think that probably one of the growth industries is going to be using vanilla as a savory seasoning. Yeah, yeah. I I also think it would be great, and I wouldn't be surprised if it's not used in like barbecue. Yeah, absolutely. You know, I think it's absolutely. It really, you can use. It's really versatile, and you can use it in and it, and it's sort of a flavor that sometimes you don't even know it's there. Exactly. You know, it's kind of like salt. It's yeah. a seasoning. It can be the star of the show, or it can be yeah, supporting, the best supporting uh, yeah, actor. Su- yeah, totally. <laughs> or actress. Actor, absolutely. <laughs> well, you know, in, in in Veracruz, there's uh, all over Mexico. There are this casa de culturas and people concentrating on something that's called La Tercera Edad, the third age, which would be uh, like after 65, the retirees, let's say. And in in Papantla, there's a group of of women who spend all their time developing recipes using using the vanilla. And that's where I got the recipe for the the chicken. Oh, that's awesome. And what's wonderful about that organization is that it's not just about about cooking, but it's about maintaining all the traditions, Mm. You know the dance, the crafts. Yeah, there's this amazing dance. They're like... Um, the voladoras. Yeah, oh, yeah the volador, it's yeah. kind of a, a pole. I mean, mm-hmm. you probably describe it better than I can, but there are these flying... They're called like flying... Voladoras de Papantla. Yeah. yeah. They, they're doing the, the cycle of the sun, yeah. and it's extremely dangerous, but it's a ritualistic, beautiful dance, and they have, you know, they have them in... Chapultepec Park in Mexico City, right yeah, outside course. the Museum of Anthropology, and they—they—it's a tradition that has continued to to live on. I know, beautiful. Like they have that whole, you know, right there in that park, they had the statue of of the Aztec god Tlaloc. Remember, yeah. they, they yeah. moved it, and they, they moved it, and it rained for like sixty yeah. days in Mexico City. <laughs> Remember, like it was a statue, and they moved this. The Aztec god of rain, and he pissed on everybody. He was like, "There you go." It's uh, like, you know, the, the one thing I did want to mention also, which we didn't talk about, is extract. You mentioned yeah. it a little bit. Yeah, let's talk a little bit. What, what, what consists of an extract? Because, you know, an extract, I think, can be misconceived to some people. So now you, nowadays, we're, we're dealing in this age of shrubs and tinctures and all these kind of infused liquids that people are using in the savory, in the, in the mixology, in, in the bar, in, in the kitchens. What is an extract? I think that's very important because when you say the word extract, the first ingredient that you think of is vanilla. Like you don't think of uh, ginger extract or, you or, know, almond or, or an almond extract per se. That might, that might be number two. Yeah. But like why? What is it? You, you soak the, the, the beans, the pieces that are left over in an alcohol for a certain amount of time. And that is, that's a vanilla extract. But like I tell you, it, at some point they used to add, and, and in, in some places they still do, they add the coumarin because it's an additional flavor that people like. But at its core essence, it's just alcohol, like grain alcohol? 
Yeah, like, like what is it? Like green okay. alcohol, right? That, actually, they even make a liqueur, uh-huh. you know, made with vanilla, and it's called X A N A T H, which is the the. the How do we pronounce that? Yeah. So anyway, so they, they, that liqueur, and very few people know anything about this liqueur, and it's a very vanilla, wonderful flavor. And there, there too, they use the little broken up pieces. Yeah, and there's also sort of when you look for vanilla extract, there's going to be like Sarela says, a lot of stuff that's vanilla flavoring, vanilla, and then there's also vanilla paste. So mm. that is a very gummy uh, kind of, uh, and you see the seeds in it. Um, so if you're going to use it, like look for pure vanilla extract, literally. Have you ever ventured to make it your own? Fanny? Yes, not very successfully, I no, will say. No, you know, no. I leave that to the experts. Okay. You know, when 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 we were trying to yeah. sort of stretch it, yeah. it we you know they must have a, you know, magic. They have the well and the knowledge. You know, the, there's a reason why. Um, and there's a there's a great company that uh, you can get vanilla from all over the world online. Nielsen Massey. Mm-hmm. They've done a very good job and. Um, you can get beans and extract and like all of these things oh, that we're talking about. But when it comes to cooking with it, usually you don't want to, you want to add that at the end. So if you have something hot, because yeah. it's alcohol based, it's going to evaporate. Mm-hmm. So you're going to That's be uh, wasting. Uh, and thank you for sharing that. And just to be clear, Chef Fanny saying, if you're going to use these extracts, do it right before. Yeah, like right at the end. You don't want to use it when exactly. it's when it's very hot because then you're going to lose gonna, half it, of the It's going to dissipate the intensity and the flavor and it's going to become something that's going to be muted. Um, There's a company in Mexico, I think that if you can find the product, it's called Gaia, G-A-Y-A. And they were the first ones to really start commercializing vanilla. Yeah. But there was, because it became so popular, there were like a lot of infighting there mm-hmm. as usual. No, this is not Mexican at all. Yeah. <laughs> Um, Fanny, could you please touch upon uh, how do you use vanilla in baking? Because I think people are, are familiar with it, obviously, in ice creams and, and ha- as a flavoring agent. But if you wanted to introduce vanilla in, in a baking, at what stage or what process would you do that? It really depends on sort of what you're doing. Cause you, you, like if you're making churros, for instance. Like if you're making churros, that's a very you, good you, example. You would do it in your patissure. Or what, so you? if... It's almost, if you were going to make in churros, you could use it in two ways. You could use it in sort of the liquid Mm -hmm. that you're going to be making the churros to infuse a little bit. Mm -hmm. But probably because then it's fried Mm -hmm. afterwards, where you're going to get the most is you could do a vanilla sugar to roll them afterwards. Let's describe a churros. You know? Yeah. So Mm -hmm. it's it's a fried, it's a fritter. A fried donut, uh, with, if you will. With a particular, you 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 take them out with a particular tip out of your out of your dough bag. How do you call do, it? Yeah, yeah, like a piping bag, a like bag. a star yeah. tip. It's like long, kind of crunchy, but with a bit of chewiness inside. One one of the another great contribution that Spain has given Mexico is the churro. Yeah, <laughs> the churro con chocolate is something that's iconic in Spain. You have to have it while you're there if you ever have a chance to visit. But yeah, the churro is something that is now I think associated more with Mexican cuisine than Spanish. To be honest, I think it's something that yeah, is perfect. I think so with too. Canela, you know, Mexican uh, flavored cinnamon on top. There's nothing more joyful and blissful it's in the world. The best. It really is. But sort of going back to your question, you know, you, I think in most recipes, baking recipes, 
I would dare to say, at least American, or this side of the world, I would mm -hmm. say, like in um, North America, uh, you'd see probably like at least 80% of dessert recipes or something like that has Perfect. vanilla, That's you know, right. and cookies and mm -hmm. muffins and cakes. And, you know, it's like I said, it's like the salt. It's like the salt of the sweet. Yeah. World. So usually it's put in, if you're whipping eggs, for instance, or creaming butter, you know, for a recipe or making a creme anglaise, you know, uh, it, that's when you would put in the vanilla extract. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, well, one of the most w ways that they use vanilla that I hate is making it with vanilla candles. Mm -hmm. Oh, <laughs> yes. You know, yeah. and, and, you know, I got to say, first of all, th this has been unbelievable. And I just think, you know, what's really cool about it, being in this studio with three very powerful women that I look at vanilla. There's this thought process like is an ingredient male or female? Or female. There's no more female ingredient than a than a vanilla than vanilla. Oh, that's the one. That's I mean, it just because it's it looks yeah. like the divine feminine. Yeah, I think there's a lot of really beautiful sort of I don't know metaphor metaphors in there when you talk about yeah. the well, divine the, feminine the, is the vanilla to me. Yeah, I I think so too. The fact that you know, like even how it's birthed. Yeah, you know, yeah. through the orchid and how it's nurtured, mm -hmm. the even the name. Yeah, you yeah. Know? Well, if you want to travel to Veracruz, I mean, it's very hot there. I mean, this particular <laughs> area, it is so hot. They have a vanilla festival. Mm -hmm. That's right. You know, and... and I've and never been. No. Yeah. No, not yet. N neither, road trip. Neither, yeah, yeah. No road trip. You have to go there. Well, you, you could fly to Costa Rica and, 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 and make it kind of... Actually, this... Because it's a big oil petroleum producing area, it's amazing that you have these two high high money products living next to each other. Because Costa Rica is right next to Papantla, and that's where they where they have the biggest producers of oil right there in, the, in that area. And that the fact that vanilla can survive under those those situations is amazing. And also because it's up there north, near the Gulf, it's on the on the Gulf near the Gulf. They they're often hit by tornadoes and mm -hmm. and hurricanes. hurricanes, big time. And they and they say that the best vanilla comes when there are five cyclones or five hurricanes mm. that hit the area. So they say because they get the 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 extreme humidity and yeah. and then then it dries and then again so that's what the cinco the cinco cyclones or something like that oh yeah so it's it's a really interesting thing so if you want to go to not just to Papantla, not just because of Papantla, but because you have got to visit El Tajin. Mm -hmm. Yes. It is, it is a most amazing. It's amazing. It's a most amazing, very undiscovered archaeological site. Wonderful. Yeah. Well, um, we would be remiss, all right, Fanny, if we didn't mention your new project, which is going to be very exciting. It's going to be called Fan Fan. Can you talk a little bit about what you're going to be doing there? Because we're kind of coming to the conclusion of this unbelievable podcast, but we want to make sure that everybody that's listening knows where to find you and continue to support you. You're a true chingona and a <laughs> true orgullo mexicana. It, it, it's unbelievable. So please tell everybody where, what you're going to be doing next. Yeah, so I'm going to be opening a new donut concept mm -hmm. called Fan Fan Donuts. Um, my sister, that's one of her nicknames for me, mm -hmm. and I wanted a name that was playful and fun mm -hmm. and that kids could pronounce, that different yeah. languages could pronounce, and it's really going to be a community-based place. It's going to be in Brooklyn, 
in Clinton Hill uh, Navy Yard area, and we're going to open sometime late spring, early summer. Perfect. And, uh, and how can people follow you? Is your yeah, Instagram website? We have an Instagram. It's the Fan Fan Donuts. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, at La Neorquina, we launched uh, last year um, the in Whole Foods, paletitas mm-hmm. with these branded freezers. And mm-hmm. so we're hoping to be able to, you know, we're, dry, we're in the middle of sort of trying to raise capital and hopefully, you know, expand nationwide to get paletas all across the the U.S. Um, But now we're able to ship a lot of our products through Gold Belly. So you can, if you're in different parts of the country and want to taste some of the stuff that we do, uh, you can check us out at laniorquina.com. I love that. And and I think this is really important because... You have you're doing something that I think is so important because you're taking aspects of Mexican culture but bringing them to the masses and in doing it in an authentic and real way. And I think you should be commended for that. And Thank I think you. it really because <laughs> there's there's a lot of a lot of things that are being exploited about our culture and our food. And you're doing it the right way. You're not compromising. And I think that right there speaks volumes of your character and who you are. And can I just mention your husband's restaurant? Mm-hmm. Yes. <laughs> I, I absolutely love, I can never remember the name though, but the Casa Publica in Williamsburg. And it's a one place where the, where the food is really Mexican. Mm-hmm. I mean, they have the best, the best uh, tortillas, the uh, absolutely best. The carnitas, carnitas are. are fantastic. The sauces are fabulous. And it's right around the corner here somewhere, no? It's in Williamsburg, so yeah. it's not too far. I have to say, again, we're beyond grateful. Thank you so much. Thank Fanny, you. I'm so Fanny Gerson honored for being to be here. here. Uh, please be on the lookout for Fan Fan that's going to be coming down your way. Uh, she's going to continue being this this pioneer and everything sweet that's Mexican, just yes. like her. Um, <laughs> I know every time I see her, I want to pinch her cheeks. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I, if, yeah. if, if you rub her arm, like vanilla and canela comes out. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, so it's just it's wonderful, wonderful having you here. You honor us with your presence. Thank you so much. And it just, please, everyone out there listening, please make sure that you keep in touch with Fanny Gerson. Um, and that you check us out, you know, cooking in Mexican from A to Z. You absolutely. Know, you're the A and I'm the Z. And we're going to continue to bring to light, demystify, celebrate, show you technique, all backed with stories, uh, celebrating Mexican ingredients. Thank you so much for listening. We'll see you next time. Adios. Cooking in Mexican from A to Z is powered by Simple Cast. Thanks for listening to Heritage Radio Network, food radio supported by you. For our freshest content, subscribe to our newsletter. Enter your email at the bottom of our website, heritageradionetwork.org. Connect with us on Instagram and Twitter at heritage underscore radio. You can also find us at facebook.com slash heritage radio network. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization driving conversations to make the world a better, fairer, and more delicious place. And we couldn't do it without your support from listeners like you. Want to be part of the food world's most innovative community? Subscribe to the shows you like. Tell your friends and please join the HRN family by becoming a member. Just click on the heart at the top right of our homepage. Thanks for listening. Entra
Bye.